Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest music titles that's been brought back from the dead and what the future holds for it. And here's a clue, better engaging with music superfans. Rock Sound is what it says on the tin. It's a print and online publication that covers what is broadly known as alternative music. That means music genres such as pop punk, metalcore and alternative rock. The title looked set for closure at the start of the year, but just this month it has been rescued by Wynow Media in a move that promises a new era for rock sound and music journalism more broadly. Here to tell me more about this vision and the path to sustainability is the creative director James Wilson-Taylor. The answer lies in delivering on user needs, in this case helping readers be a part of a bustling music community and to support their favourite bands and artists. That's all coming up, so don't go anywhere. James, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thanks ever so much for coming on to the show. No, no, no problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to kick things off with a little known fact about you, which is that, interestingly, you've got a master's in music theatre, which I imagine (laughs) comes in handy for the job. Tell us more. Uh, you'd think so. You'd think so. I'm not generally uh, doing jazz hands around the office, so it it doesn't come in handy that much. Although, having said that, I mean, that is where I very much where I started out was in the mus- world of musical theatre. It's also kind of where I got my first writing starts in a way. There were units there where you were sort of writing for stage. And then off the back of that, I kind of got into more article writing and really discovered a bit of a love of it through that. Um, but in terms of the day to day, I guess it only ever pops up when occasionally you do meet a few rock stars who share that love of musical theatre. And it's kind of a nice you can you can see, you know, when when a band's put together a particularly theatrical stage show, it's like, oh, I knew you were listening to Phantom and Lamers as a kid. I can see it, even though you're doing some screaming metalcore now. I can see that's where you started out. So, yeah, there's definitely a, a little bit of bonding experience occasionally there. But yeah, a fun start it was for sure. But yeah, slightly different path now. Definitely. Dream theatre, perhaps. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Strong, <laughs> strong start there. I appreciate that reference. So uh, help me bridge the gap here. Music theatre, rock music, you know, join the dots for me. How did that happen? So I started out um, writing a lot of my own material. Actually, again, this was this was at the end of the drama school course. Uh, I'm from Edinburgh originally. I think the performing dream was always to do the Edinburgh Festival, which I did for quite a few years at a few of the kind of venues. And then off the back of that, I kind of started getting asked to write stuff in the lead up to the fringe so whether that was for uh kind of comedy websites or then i I got a thing in the guardian around like something around uh, i can't remember exactly what it was but it was around around one of the shows um and i just really kind of fell in love with that started kind of pitching my portfolio around and then i ended up over at pop buzz at global it was like one of their first standalone websites when they were starting it i was kind of there towards the beginning um mainly just doing a lot of article writing but then also getting involved with video interviews primarily because they've got all those amazing radio and guest facilities in there so we got to really take advantage of that i also gravitated a lot towards alternative music because i've always been a fan of that anyway and i definitely filled that void in their audience because i sort of acted i guess as the the alton rock expert over there um and off the back of that yeah then ended up at, at rock sound some years later really kind of establishing their video department and growing it and and finding kind of new interesting ways to to do that and that's how i kind of got to be part of the team i'm in now 
Nice. Okay, cool. So for the uninitiated, for maybe doesn't know much about rock sound can you give us a broad picture on what the publication is about you know the sort of stuff that you guys do yeah so it's a rock magazine's been around since 1999 i would say primarily we cover a great deal of uh, what you generally refer to as like scene bands a lot of pop punk a lot of emo a lot of metalcore uh we have a lot of heritage acts in there as well um you know it, it's it's no secret really that that style of music is also currently having its biggest commercial moment in a long time so it's Mm -hmm. actually been really really exciting the last few years but in terms of bigger artists out there today you know your likes of 21 pilots or water parks and shikari at the time recording got a massive album out this week they're definitely a core artist for us um and then you know on the older side people like blink 182 and uh, foo fighters fallout boy of course you know bands of that kind of ilk is very much the core of where we're at yeah you touched on something very interesting which of course you know this is a bit of a mainstream moment, I suppose, for alt-pop, emo-pop, this kind of blending. Yeah. And so it kind of came a, a bit of a shock to us at the start of the year when Rock Sound sort of announced its closure and it was, you know, laying off staff and then closing the magazine. So how did how did you get to that position? I mean, it was a shock for you. Trust me, it was a shock for me as well. I think that's the thing. I mean, I, obviously, I can't go into, into massive in-depth details on this, but I will say from an editorial standpoint... Mm-hmm. As far as we were concerned, everything was going swimmingly. The audience have always been super engaged and and it kept on growing. Um, We were meeting all the revenue targets that were set for us. churning out more issues than ever before as well you know my, my predecessor andy had done some really good strategy work in terms of not just having our regular magazine but having standalone issues with a lot of specific bands as well and that was being really really successful um so it was yeah it was a real real shock and it is no secret to say it, it was a decision made by our then owners our then publishing company um thankfully off the back of that we saw the outpouring of of love and support from not just the general audience, but from a lot of artists who've been supported by the publication over the years as well. And uh, I know there were multiple bidders kind of looking to say, "Hey, you know, we want to we want to save this and and see where we can take it from here." Mm. Help me just understand the key challenge here for you know publishers more generally, because you know you're not alone in this challenge. I think it was only recently a publication called Galdem closed as well, who was seen as one of the the leading lights really for independent news providers is a big blow really so you know talk to me about the difficulties for you know publishers in this space right now well i think i can only really speak for ourselves obviously but i i feel like over the last few years there's been a real real shift in the approach for for rock sound it's much more of an e-commerce business so we have our overall merchandising and rock sound records and that kind of e-com store but primarily our issues are sold through the online store as well and it almost feels like in a lot of ways a collaboration with cover artists a lot of the time in a really positive way you know we set the agenda we absolutely choose which artists we want to cover in there but it's made alongside merch products a lot of the time so it becomes a bit of a wider bundle um and in terms of our online promotion you know it is promoted via our socials via their socials and it becomes you know that is what's interesting about this audience in particular i think particularly young music fans when you are used to listening to music on a streaming service when a new record comes out you want some kind of physical product that's why you see you know all these uh you know merch sales is such a a huge part of a band's life these days so it it sort of falls under a similar umbrella to me i think i see a lot of the fans really they do want to read in-depth stories about their favorite artists and they do want to actually hold something physically that represents that yeah i mean it all sounds positive so i'm really just struggling on to understand how things went wrong and where the challenges were yeah you and me both i mean look this is this is the this is the thing and again i I can't really speak for the publishing company there but clearly there were issues Mm. clearly there were issues i i again it's 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 really difficult because i 
I'll be honest with you, there's still certain elements of it that I don't even understand. Get it. But they, they were a publishing company that owned multiple different titles and there's a reason Rock Sound is surviving and moving on because there is clearly value there. There is clearly an engaged audience and there are clearly revenue streams. Right, okay. So maybe an, an ownership challenge or a market challenge rather than an audience one. I would say so. I mean, I mean, it's it's early days, obviously, in our new home here, but there's there's real ambition where we're at now and there's mm. it's, it's real scope to grow and it's it's exciting again, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Okay, so new ownership, new era for Rock Sound, and I understand you've been able to bring back a number of the editorial staff who haven't obviously moved on to new pastures. You know, that that's correct, right? In, under this new... Uh, takeover by um, Why Now Media. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's something that they they immediately were reaching out to all of us um, who were let go, and 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 as you said, you know, a couple of people had already moved on to other things, but um, yeah, it's 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 been really nice that they they took the time to reach out because again, they see the value and they saw that the product we were making was very good and that the audience themselves were responding really positively to it. So Got it. yeah, that's been a really nice element that they've uh, they've done that. So in this new era for Rock Sound, um, what does that broadly look like are we uh, print digital mix of both what is the what is the future spell mix of both i don't want to be too specific because we haven't uh, quite announced what we're going to be doing with print yet but print will be playing a role certainly um it will be slightly different to how it was before but it will be playing a role moving forward um and something that i've i've kind of always thought is that you know the the idea of digital and it sounds obvious to say but digital print can go very much hand in hand but i don't think it you have to necessarily lean more so over one way you know we're in a comfortable position now where we have the freedom to really expand our digital output uh, we actually just launched the first of our digital cover stories the other day with water parks um that's fashioned as something we're calling the album story so it's kind of broken down into sections of discussing lyrics discussing building a sound etc etc yeah and i think that rather than being a replacement for a magazine is something that is a slightly different angle and kind of complements what we do on the print side yep but from your perspective, the physical still has a lot of... Show. You said something super interesting before, which is that people enjoy having the tactile experience, something yeah. to go with their, you know, their their pursuit of a of a you know their favorite bands, artists, whatever. So the print still has, very much has a future with with rock sound by the sounds of things. One hundred percent. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. It's uh, one of the most frustrating elements, I think, for all of us on the editorial staff, as we got cut off at the knees at issue two nine seven. I mean, come on, right? Come on, we're three away. <laughs> come on. Um, so I mean, I mean, it's it's like I say. I think it, it will be announced in due course sooner rather than later. I will say. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's it. It definitely holds a place in terms of our plans moving forward. Just letting you know that our digital journalism conference, News Rewired, is right around the corner and we'd love to see you there. Stretch your legs, get out of the office, network over some coffee and join us for a day of expert panel discussions and workshops on the 23rd of May 2023 at News UK in London. For more details on the agenda and how to grab your ticket, visit newsrewired.com and we'll see you there. Is it necessarily easy to look at print and digital and see which one is more valuable to the rock sound brand james that's an interesting question i guess it depends what it is because well well it's interesting talking to you on a podcast for example where you'd think with an audio brand that maybe podcast was the way to go but actually from a digital perspective for our audience video was very much what they were responding to in a big way Mm -hmm. and now that we keep expanding our digital features 
actual longer read written word pieces on the website that's what they're really going for in a big way as well um obviously things like you know online news are always going to be a part of what we do but it's that's something i've really kind of been pushing and experimenting with is is what if we do some more of that long read stuff online and see how that develops um so that's been really really interesting and yeah and like i say you know physical product will always be a part of what we do as we expand as well our output on the store you know the rock sound store has always been very successful and we've been expanding into into t-shirts and into you know limited run editions of albums and stuff and that's only going to continue moving forward right so that's going to be an important part of your path to sustainability then i suppose yeah absolutely i mean it's it's been a core part of what we were doing anyway to be honest with you so Mm. um, um, long may it continue you know i I think again we've got a wonderful art designer on our team kelly who was with us before and has come back and the overwhelming majority of t-shirt products you see on the store are designed by her she'll pitch collaborations to the artists and they're always absolutely delighted with her work the fans are delighted with her work it's it's really really great outlet to right. to kind of put forward something like that give me a ballpark here how important are is merchandise to rock sound um i mean i mean it it, it is important i mean it's it's yeah I, I, I don't know how to give you a figure or anything but it's certainly an important part of what we do especially because from the artist point of view i mean i'll give you an example we launched this digital cover story last week right mm-hmm. um it was with water parks absolutely a key artist for us at rock sound it was put out on release day of their new album and the midweeks came out and they had a chance at their first ever top 10 album their highest ever charting album in the uk we happened to have at the same time in conjunction with that digital cover story you had you had the digital cover story itself a video element to it and we put some product on sale at the same time so we had some cds and vinyl with signed art cards and obviously that's an important element for the artist because they all sold out and that helped them achieve a top 10 record in the uk i have no doubt so really those forces really combine in a sense and have well absolutely i mean synergy. i mean we, we have a super engaged audience who are well aware of our knowledge base with those artists they can read this in-depth feature about the album that comes from a point of knowledge because this is this is our world you know this is our scene um and yeah so to be able to combine that with product it's just beneficial to everybody obviously it benefits us but it benefits the artist in that way as well got it so uh, as much as you can speak to here what's going to be really different in this new era for rock sound i think just kind of freedom to to expand in a lot of different areas that we've been wanting to expand to, in, into but we just were a bit a bit condensed on why now a, a really well set up team you know you can already see that um just by looking at the the basic stats of what is available to them you know they've got something like why now music which is their merchandising arm they have their own arts website with why now um they have you know just team members all over the place that actually even though they're working on other things, really complement what we do in a big way. Um, so I feel like, yes, absolutely, merchandising is going to be a big part of what we do. Um, print product, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about what we're going to do. Like I say, it will be reve- revealed soon, but I think that's... It's, it's just room to grow, basically. They are an ambitious team. They saw the value in what we do, but they also don't want to completely reinvent the wheel here. They know that we have a knowledge base here. They just want to give us the boost to to make it even bigger within this world you know great okay let's move on to that because i think that's a really important part of this conversation is the audience side and really there was a time in my life when i was buying you know music magazines habitually on a weekly basis and for me one of the big reasons whether that purchase was made or not was who was on the cover right and that was one of the big reasons why i would buy one title above another for example so my, my question to you here is historically why have audiences come to rock sound 
Oh, that's a very good question. I think, yeah, it is partly that. Of course it is. Uh, I mean, you like I say, that's that's the way it's gone in terms of our bundles online over the last few years. You know, it becomes almost like a merch pack for the consumer and, and identifying which bands are going to work for that audience is definitely a big part of that trend. Um, Interesting. But also people come to Roxanne because they know that we, I mean, yeah, 25th anniversary of the brand next year. People have grown up with this brand. They've discovered new bands through this magazine. So they are aware that the knowledge base is there. You know, we mentioned earlier how this scene's kind of having its biggest commercial moment in a long time. It never went away. Those bands have been going along for a long, long time. And by the way, also selling quite a few records and playing some pretty big rooms. But for whatever reason, the more... I don't want to call it mainstream outlets or whatever, that like, they weren't getting the attention they maybe didn't like, say, the early 2000s when that scene was like everywhere. We have that knowledge base. We understand that audience and always kind of have. Um, so that's the way I look at it anyway. I know that certainly when I was growing up and reading it, it's, it's been interesting to see how we definitely expanded our output and we like to follow bands that we think are new and exciting. But we have that knowledge base of that scene even when everyone else is kind of turning away from it at times, you know? Okay, let's have a quick recap. First of all, it's no secret that the publishing sector faces massive challenges between rising operational costs and dwindling revenue. As such, the e-commerce element of Rocksound has been critical to prop up the business historically, where the online store allows music fans to order magazine issues and fan merchandise. Think t-shirts, albums, posters. Despite this, the previous owners made the decision to close down Rocksound at the start of the year, which came as a rude awakening to all staff. This month, Rocksound has been taken over by Wynal Media, a multimedia company set up by the son of the legendary Rolling Stone singer Mick Jagger. That acquisition will see it lean more into its thriving e-commerce business and print products, as we will discuss next, to help readers follow and support their favourite acts. As part of that brimming music community, there are some key bands and artists which are guaranteed points of interest amongst its readership. We're talking about a historically niche area of music which is gathering more commercial success through bands like Bring Me The Horizon and Fall Out Boy. My question to James is whether Rock Sound experiences an injection of interest when these bands start to explode onto the mainstream music scene and what that means for the purpose of the title. You look at a band like Fallout Boy, right? They've just had that album that's come back round again. They're about to do a big sold-out arena tour later this year. Paramore as well. Paramore as well. Great example. I mean, the biggest example really was last year with My Chemical Romance. I, I would argue there is probably no more important a band to the rock sound audience than My Chemical Romance. And so when they came back, they did their first show back uh, in December 2019 at the Shrine out in LA. Mm-hmm. And we flew out there. I flew out there and we did a full days worth of coverage we changed the rock sound logo for the day we interviewed fans outside the venue we had a review up immediately we had set lists up immediately we had clips all day long the reason being we know the amount of resources we'll put into covering a festival well that one event was more important to the rock sound audience than any festival in the world and we did the same again last year when they played their first show in the uk for a decade because we, we want to capture those moments that we know are important to the audience Take me into that thinking for a moment. When's when one of these key bands does something new, new album, new tour, whatever it is, what's your audience thinking at that point? How do we serve the audience in this moment? Let me give you an example then. So that My Chem one is is a good example. So they it's their first UK show, it's first show of the world tour. It's been delayed because of a worldwide pandemic. And then it suddenly takes place in the UK. It's their first show back. It was at the Eden Project in Cornwall. We went down there, we knew it was 
one of two things. One is making the online audience feel like they were there, letting them know exactly what's going on. So we had wonderful photographs from photographer Jen McCord, uh, an incredible review written by uh, Jack Rogers. Um, like it was, it was, you know, just really setting the tone and getting a flavor of what's going down there. All through the day as well, I was on the ground chatting with fans because, you know, I'm in my early 30s now. I was meeting people there who were a similar age to myself who were there with friends they had met at the age of 15 at My Chemical Romance shows. That's amazing to me. That That, that, is, that is just, I, I just absolutely love that, that, that there is that sense of community around a band like that. And they were telling so many amazing stories. There were people there bringing their kids now, who like their kids had got into it and they're all there together. Just really, really lovely, lovely stories. So that's very important when it comes to something like that, I think is just, is getting into that fan mentality and showing that we care about it as much as them because we genuinely do, you know? I love that because <clears throat> I don't want to throw something too technical into this conversation right now, but I'm very interested in user needs at the moment, which, you know, long story short, it's what does a what does the audience get from an interaction with a piece of content or a news brand or a publisher of any kind? And the example you just gave me, and you know, there's there's eight of these, you know, and this started out in BBC research. One of those is is one of them they define as keep me engaged in, in an event. But what but the the interesting thing when I've spoken to people about this who've led the thinking around it is the more niche you go as a publication, the more brand-specific needs emerge. And the other thing you described there is help me be part of the community. And so um, would you kind of go along with that? And is there anything else that you see as a very specific reason why someone comes to Rock Sound or the needs that they have that they want you to fulfill? I think community is you've absolutely summed up right there because yeah the scene in general if we want to keep calling it that that is it is based on community it really is and it feels like there's a lot of bands out there who can sell really nice size rooms in the UK who again a lot of people listening right now may never have even heard of not because they're not talented not because they're not you know doing numbers it's just because they don't get that press attention elsewhere because maybe what they do is seen as more niche we have an understanding of that and we're at the heart of that community and we that that is why I think people keep coming to rock sound because we have that knowledge base around it but also we show that yeah we will take we will take these artists very seriously as well like i think that's that's something that uh, you know there's a few different publications that do that for sure but i think we are very specific in that with this scene we have an authority on that and we take these artists very seriously and we'll actually you know share in that community uh, of the fans around them i think the the magnetism that you have around certain bands speaks to another kind of element of this which is help me follow my favorite bands or help me be a fan essentially you know is that kind of the role that you see you know in the grand scheme of things you're you're one element of this interaction a fan has with their favorite artists so what i'm kind of asking you is what is your purpose in that relationship as uh, uh, in rock sound uh yeah that's interesting i guess yeah, informant, I suppose, is one way of looking at it. But it's, it's like I say, it's it's the level of authority. You know, there's, mm. you know, again, I think Waterparks is a great example. They're, they're a fantastic band. We've supported them since the very, very beginning. Mm. Um, and the fact that we can do a full in-depth profile like that and the audience knows that if they go and read an interview with Rock Sound, where it's Waterparks, that we're going to know what we're talking about and and the fans really respond to that i think because you know if you're going if you're going to take that music that seriously and you're going to actually go in depth on a record the fans do want that they do want to read those kind of deeper dives into the making process so i think that's that's kind of what we provide in a lot of ways and we often like i say do it with bands that wouldn't necessarily get that treatment elsewhere um got it because we're we're at the heart of that scene and we actually get it 
Yeah, and there is a another, I suppose, purpose for rock sound, and I suppose music titles more generally, which is discovery of talent, yeah. right? And discovering new bands, spotlighting you know bands they maybe hadn't heard of someone else to to kind of tune into. Um, how are you kind of doing that at the moment? Well, so t- traditionally in the print magazine, we've always had the breakout section where we kind of highlight mm. a selection of new bands. I'm in the process of migrating some of that online. I'm sure it will be, play an element in our print coverage in the future as well, but it's something I really want to expand online, some kind of like longer features highlighting new artists we're really, really excited about. Yeah. Um, so that's a kind of obvious way straight away. But also it's it's just, it's half the time it is listening to the audience themselves. You know, you can always see online just from you know our socials are very engaged and you just look and you can see the artists the audience are getting excited about and if it's a good fit for us then we'll we'll explore it further you know Mm. um when you when you've been integrated into this scene long enough you get a sense of what's going to work and what's not you know yeah and that's undoubtedly one of the you know the reasons why i used to pick up music magazines was you know who else is out there but that was in a different kind of era now audiences have a wealth of other options you know spotify is great at upserving new bands you've not heard 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 about you know youtube as well bands can also put so much on their social media posts and sponsor them and you find out about them that way how is this challenge now causing you to rethink the way that you're spotlighting or leaning into this whole like serendipity discovery of talent helping helping fans discover new new music to listen to yeah i've i've I mean, I use I use streaming service discovery all the time myself, but I never view it as being either a, a substitute or anything for the editorial. So, you know, I still read, you know, mm. other publications as well, you know, just to get a feel of who they're excited about, too. It's it, I, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think particularly when it comes to that feature side, you know, if I've heard a band that I'm excited about because it got recommended to me on Apple Music in a playlist if there's a larger story to tell, I'd like to hear it. Yeah. And, and the way to hear that in its best form to me is in an editorialized well, way in a publication like Rocksound, you know? It goes back to that word you use, which is authority, isn't it? And Exactly that. Exactly that. I think, I think that's what makes all the difference to me, you know? And it can support new artists and it can support that discovery mechanism, you know? Like I say, I really don't think those things have to be mutually exclusive. In fact, they can be quite beneficial to each other, really. How so? Well, I feel like if you're if I'm discovering new artists in that way, and the audience are discovering new artists in that way, it definitely sparks interest when you then see a, uh, that there's a feature that's popped up on Roxanne, doesn't it? It's just from that perspective, it's almost like uh, you know you used to see in music magazines like ours all the time uh, for fans of X number of bands, you know, or you'd throw into different bios you see all the time that come through PRs like, hey, if you like this band, you might like this band. That's now just navigated over to streaming services now, hasn't it? You know, if if you like this, you will like this. Um, so I think I feel like it allows you to serve to the audience who you know are fans of specific artists already because they've already come to Rock Sound for that information. Um, a series of new artists you know they're going to be excited about. You know, people are used to discovering music in that quick fashion way. So if they're then able to see that there's features already set up, they're going to be excited about it. You know, one of the advantages, of course, operating on digital is you've got a whole slew of analytics to see, you know, what performs well, what people are interested in, their behaviours, all sorts, dwell time, you name it. What is the most valuable content that you see online from your from your rock sound audience? What do they what do people gravitate towards more than anything else? Interestingly it is currently it really is the longer form features um obviously you're gonna have news stories that absolutely bang when it's the bigger news stories of course you are they're gonna spread like wildfire but 
it is interesting seeing how much the audience is willing to stick around for longer features. We just launched a new feature called Behind the Lyrics, which uh, I'm, I'm really excited about. It's a wonderful interview that one of our writers, Maddie, did uh, with Joel from The Amity Affliction. It was basically just breaking down in depth 10 key lyrics from throughout his career and just explain, just literally line by line, just explaining where he was coming from at that place in time. Um, it's done big numbers. Like people were really interested to read something like that that actually just, just, takes them a little bit more into songs they already know and love yeah james you brought up a repressed memory of mine which is <laughs> you know how people always have really cringy like msn old names right oh here we go one of mine and this is uh, this is uh, a, a fact i share begrudgingly with our audiences mine was truth behind the lyrics at uh, hotmail.com so shared wonderful. thinking perhaps wonderful <laughs> ah, there it is Last question from me then. Um, as you embark on this new era for rock sound, you know, what gives you optimism? What are you most looking forward and excited about? Oh, honestly, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, I mean, the first thing that gave me optimism was when both when it was, uh, you know, seemingly set for closure and when it was announced that it was coming back, just the the out outpouring of support and just good vibes from not just the audience but the industry at large and from artists themselves that in, immediately gave me confidence it was just really really nice to see yeah. you know as you can imagine it was a stressful time for myself and all the editorial staff so to see that level of support was just super super lovely so um there was a palpable sense of kind of relief that you were coming back you know yeah which is so nice you know it, 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 honestly it, I, I can't tell you how much it meant the world to both uh you know everyone who's come back and the former staff as well you know we're all still in contact obviously so it's 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 that was really really nice um so that gives me positivity but also just you know like i say in the wine out team they've been very very supportive of what we do they're very well set up over there in terms of the wider infrastructure of things and yeah, I just I just think there's so many opportunities. Plus, we, it's come back at a rather apt time. Like I said to you before, we're only a couple of uh, issues away from issue 300 of Rock Sound. Um, traditionally, at the end of the year, we like to do the Rock Sound Awards issue. I will say, you know, it's up for discussion. I would like to bring that back. We didn't get to do it last year. We have done it all the years previous, and I absolutely love that. But then also, as I mentioned earlier, next year's the 25th anniversary of Rock Sound. And I think that gives us so much opportunity to do all manner of exciting things to kind of celebrate that all year long you know we've just we've just come back from the dead i would very much like to celebrate that big birthday in as many ways as possible well plenty of milestones to keep an eye on there but um james wishing you all the best in this new era for rock sound and of course thank you ever so much for coming on the show and speaking to me thanks so much jacob thanks for your time loads and loads to think about in this great conversation with james first of all music titles need to think through the classic but still essential function which is spotlighting undiscovered talent readers still need this but in a distinct way from spotify recommendations for example it can also pay dividends for the title the day that band explodes onto the mainstream circuit second of all combining a specific user need in this case help me be a fan with a revenue opportunity a merchandise store or an editorial strategy, on-the-ground reporting from FOMO events, is key to sustaining the business. I'm really interested in how user needs apply to different sectors of news and publishing. Let me know if you have insights on this that you want to share with me. Find me on Twitter at jpgjournalism, or email me on jacob at journalism.co.uk. Once again, you can check out all of our episodes on all your usual podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.